Yeah, Tim, there was a few things in the comments there. Like, uh, I'm convinced he's actually Chris Stapleton without the hat. <laughs> I've heard that before, man. It's so crazy. <laughs> then uh, somebody said, well, we'll see him playing guitar at Bourbon and Beyond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was in a bar here in Lexington, and, and there was a group of guys that came over. They were actually police officers, and they were like, are you Chris Stapleton? And I said, oh, man, I get that all the time. I'm actually his cousin, Rick Stapleton. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Welcome to episode 192 of Bourbon Pursuit. I'm one of your hosts, Kenny, and we don't really have a whole lot of news because this is the roundtable. All we talk about is the most recent news, but we have a little bit of news about us, and that is that this is your last reminder that Ryan and I will be presenting at the Louisville Bourbon Society on March 18th. Learn more about the podcast, also get a chance to try some of our private label pursuit series, and just come and meet us. We wanna see you there. If it's your first time attending, your attendance is free and you can bring a guest. Get more information and join us 6.30, sorry, 6.30 p.m. at the Henry Clay in downtown Louisville at thebourbonsociety.org. We also have another barrel selection under our belts this week as we were at Wild Turkey and we selected a barrel of Russell's Reserve. We've got a lot of things that are starting to hit as well as more Pursuit series, so stay tuned for that. This is the 30th recording of the Community Roundtable. That means we've been doing these for almost two years now. And I know you all really enjoy them because we get to take on that recent news and we get to invite some knowledgeable guests. And this week we talked to Tim Jones about his new show on the Discovery Channel, Moonshiners Whiskey Business. It's premiered on Wednesday this past week, March 13th. So make sure you go and you set your DVRs to catch the future recordings and don't miss season one that premiered yesterday. And we also discussed the new Jim Beam legend and the Weller Foolproof because who doesn't like a little bit of controversy? Did you know that we're the only whiskey podcast on Pandora? Go check it out and subscribe. Now get ready to hear from our good friend Fred Minnick with Above the Char. I'm Fred Minnick and this is Above the Char. As I walked down the bourbon aisle in Liquor Barn, I analyzed all the prices. I looked for new sourced whiskeys. I even checked out the craft bourbons that I haven't tasted in a while. Picked up a bottle of bluegrass distillers. Was quite impressed with it for being two years old. I scanned the area looking for something I didn't have in my bar, and, and there it was. Kind of towering in all its glory, stacks upon stacks of James T. Kirk straight bourbon, aged 12 years. The Star Trek symbol was on there. James T. Kirk's signature was there. And there was little flashes of Star Trek in the label. I was just in a moment. Well, I've known about the Star Trek bourbon for some time. And a lot of people got them for Christmas gifts. They've been popping up on Instagram and social media for a few months. This was really my first encounter with one. I, had, I didn't have a bottle. I bought it. I am such a Star Trek fan. I mean, I am a Star Trek fanatic. My wife and I, we still watch reruns, and we have squirt guns that are phasers, and we've got the communicator badges. We're just big fans, always have been. And so we were both ecstatic to have an opportunity to taste this together. We poured, we each poured a glass, swirled it around, looked at it, smelled it. My wife's first comment is like, 
Wow, it just smells like alcohol. I too was unimpressed and picked up the alcohol note as well as uh, oak, so a lot of wood. And then I put it upon my lips and charcoal just layered my palate. It was like an ashtray was poured down my tongue and then someone washed it down with used bong water. It was so gross. I mean, I can't even think of a better way to describe it. It was disgusting. Now, I don't know if I'm going to actually write a full-blown review with a score as I often do, because at the end of the day, I'm still a Star Trek fan. And I do believe that James T. Kirk is one of those symbols in Americana that we need to hold up high. But James, Captain Kirk, maybe we stay away from bourbon from now on. Just focus on the Romulans. And that's this week's Above the Char. Hey, do you have an idea for Above the Char? Hit me up on Twitter or Instagram, at Fred Minnick. That's at Fred Minnick. Until next week, cheers. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or TheBourbonConcierge.com, and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. And they're off for another Give 270 2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at Give270.org. Charitable Gaming License ORG 0002703. Welcome to another episode of Bourbon Pursuit, and this is the 30th recording of the Bourbon Community Roundtable. I mean, this is amazing. 30 times of, of doing this every three weeks. Uh, that makes us old. Uh, and speaking of old, one thing that that happened this week was the introduction of daylight savings, and I know it messed up my house. Uh, Fred and Ryan, what about yours? I can't hear you. I'm kidding. Metallica, you know, <laughs> Metallica is still messing with my ears. Yeah. Yeah. Metallica loud. and then daylight savings time was like to not, that wasn't very well coordinated. I wish they would, uh, you know, change that up for us. So we could not have to wake up at 6 a.m. with our kids the next day, or I did at least. But, mm -hmm. you know, remember the text we got from Kenny? 
by like at 12. Yeah. I just woke up. It's, you know, twelve thirty in the afternoon. Absolutely, I was you like, know, it's, it's weird. Gym and everything. I, we almost uh, we were going to go see Legos too, Oscar and I. And um, you know, our house we we have analog clocks all around, and that's what I use to go by from the uh, for for what I'm going to do during the day. Of course, you do. And I'm surprised, yeah, I'm surprised it's not full of my grandfather's. You got to go and you got to walk you know, it's, up. And it's funny. I have a smartwatch too. He has a child. I'm at 12. So we almost missed it because I was going by one of the analog clocks and uh, not uh, not the technology ones. <laughs> well, those phones and those watches, man, they they come in handy every once in a while. But I'll tell you what, there those gears on those uh, those uh clicky do type of clocks those are nice oh they are they are that's that's what you call a, a clocksmith <laughs> or a real craftsman too mm-hmm. all right but let's go ahead we'll kind of go around the table real quick to introduce uh one familiar face here so jordan from breaking bourbon go ahead and take take it away sure thanks guys so this is jordan from breaking bourbon one of three guys who runs the website you can find us at breaking bourbon on instagram facebook twitter and patreon um and of course sign up for our our newsletter to get um weekly updates we're always doing a daily release calendar update too to find out when all of your favorite bourbons are hitting the in the town it's a it's a very good resource what is that it's got to be like your most popular article on the site is it really yeah, it's one of the biggest destinations on the site for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure, there's a lot of people who go to it every day. Yeah, my father-in-law texts me like every other day. <laughs> you see the, 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 the you know the bourbon uh, guys uh, calendar. I'm like, yep, here it is. <laughs> and that's that's a good segue for our next guest right here because our next guest was always worried about her dog that was getting ready to talk to her. <laughs> Got it. I couldn't hit that mute button fast enough. For it's him. okay. It's we all look. You know, we all have kids like I, I might get a knock on the door a little bit later. Who knows what's going to happen? But this is a new face of the roundtable. So we want to introduce Jackie James. So Jackie, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. And yeah, that thanks, Charlie. That's my dog who is a little too vocal at the moment. But um, so I'm is like to or something like that. Oh my God, he just wants attention all the time. But I think he probably gets that from me. So I can't. Be too mad at him. Um, But yeah, so I'm new to bourbon and whiskey and very excited to be here and kind of learn from you guys. And um, Fred's kind of been like a big brother to me too and teaching me some things. And I'm just really excited about translating the bourbon and whiskey world to kind of my world, which are a lot of people and women in specific that haven't been introduced to whiskey or maybe we felt a little bit not left out, but maybe um, it's a little intimidating to get our in that pool. So I'm excited to learn more and take on this endeavor to share what I learn and my passions with other women and other people to kind of transition from whether they're drinking vodka or wine like I was, or just expanding their repertoire to learning about what all these value adds are in whiskey and the community, the conversations, this kind of stuff that Honestly, I've had great times with wine with my girlfriends, but I've never had the level of conversations and knowledge and just the camaraderie that I've had since I've been exposed to whiskey. And so your background, tell, tell them a little bit about your background and how you hang out with Shaq and Magic Johnson and all those <laughs> great NBA players. I don't know about that. I True. come from a corporate well, background. This is a step down then. This <laughs> yeah, round so table. Pretty much. So sorry, Jackie. Yeah, it's like starting <laughs> ground zero at this point. Yeah. I think it's the same premise as what I did before in sports, which is basically 
you know, we're all people, regardless of how much we make or if we're on TV or we're not or how successful we are. Um, but at the end of the day, we're all people trying to relate to one another. And for sports, which is what I worked in before, it was intimidating sometimes for some uh, people and women in specific like me who never really understood or played sports. I tried to create something that would help us relate and connect with the games and with athletes, whether it be through the human side of athletes or the social side of sports. So kind of the same thing with whiskey now. I'm just trying to create baby steps. But with whiskey, I'm like so gung-ho passionate that I want to learn everything. I love what I did in sports, but I never really got passionate about wanting to learn what a touchdown is or a three-point shot or it, it was kind of it hit a level where I was like, okay, I really need to now hand this off to the girls that are true sports enthusiasts. Whereas with whiskey and bourbon, I just can't get enough of it right now. So Woo-hoo. hopefully I'll be able to add more value. <laughs> well, I'm glad we made a convert out of you. You know, for anybody that's just <laughs> listening to this, you, you can't see her background, but it's, it's full of whiskey bottles. And I, I kind of want people to you know give you some idea, like what was that, that turning point or what was that bottle that kind of got you on this train? So my very first try of whiskey was a Van Winkle 12. And I was with a friend who took me out to celebrate something. And I was thinking it was just like going to a bar and getting a glass of wine. Right. And I'm laughing going, Oh, this is really tasty. Just get the whole bottle. (laughs) And all of a sudden there, everybody around me is looking at me like, who is this girl? And why is she nuts? And I'm thinking, what is it like a $200 bottle? Like, how bad could it be to just buy the rest of the bottle? Not a big deal, right? Um, so, but that immediately started off conversations with other people in the bar or restaurant, just regular chatting that we're all drinking whiskey and it was a membership type of location. So everyone had their own different bottles of whiskey and they all of a sudden were like, hey, try this, try mine. What do you think about this? Smell this, taste this. And I'm going, what in the heck? This never happens to me with a vodka soda or a glass of Sauvignon Blanc. It's not like people are like, but this one's from New Zealand. This one's from Napa. Smell that, you know, unless you're in that particular setting. Um, so I just really, it was kind of like a boys club, to be honest. I was the only girl there and I was welcomed with open arms. And I just started thinking, hey, if I started learning more about this, because I actually like the taste, which in my head, I thought I was going to hate it before I even tried it because I just kind of grew up that way. And the few girlfriends I've taken to try whiskey, they do the same thing. We make this face of like, Ooh, before we even try it. And it's just kind of ingrained in our heads that that's a guy's drink or that's, and I'm speaking just from personal experience. Obviously there's well, women that know their whiskey speaking for my wife. Um, that's, that's yeah. My first thing. <laughs> well, that and, like, and recently, bourbon. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, I've been meeting women that are in their seventies and they're like, my husband's been drinking whiskey for years, but I've always thought, Oh gross. That's his thing. Why are you interested in it? And that's kind of my goal now is teaching and sharing with people what I'm learning, which is, you know, kind of, I laugh at Fred's hashtag, but the vodka sucks. That was my drink was, you know, a vodka soda, but because there was no calories and, but it was never for flavor. It was never for taste. It was to get a little boozy and have fun. (laughs) But now that I know I can get a little boozy and have fun and actually enjoy the taste and learn something and support friends and learn history. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. It's truly amazing. Welcome and to the I'm movement, still... Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fred's I know my friends your... are like, you yeah, can't he's... shut up about this. <laughs> yeah, he's he's got yeah. a he's got a special patch for you. He's going to send so you can iron it on your jacket <laughs> and you can sport that around. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just a really great community, and 
and the flavor I'm really, I love, and I'm learning to love more and more. And the more exposure getting to actually realize that I can tell the difference between certain things, which is so I'm still at such a beginner level, but it's fun. I feel like I look at women having Tupperware parties back in the day. Why can't we have whiskey parties? <laughs> or a Tupperware whiskey party. Tupperware full whiskey party. There's a, there's a whole other niche and market that we're not tapping yet. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I was really wrong because I realized how many of my girlfriends actually like whiskey and I didn't even know it before. I have a friend, she's pregnant right now, but she was like, oh, I only, I only drink whiskey. You just never paid attention because you were always drinking vodka and wine. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you're right. So I'm actually realizing there's a lot of other women out there that do enjoy whiskey. I just didn't realize it. So now I'm kind of like, okay, let's bring us all together and talk about it. Learn some things, share some things. There you go. Thanks for being another apostle in the uh, the bourbon lord. I guess you could say <laughs> spreading that good message that's out there. Yeah, right. great. My All right. So let's let's go ahead. We'll pivot to our our first conversation before we introduce our next guest. I kind of want to give a little bit of background about uh, really what's going on here. So Tim Jones is the creative director at a marketing firm in Lexington, Kentucky, and he's dealt with some clients that we've all heard before. But he is him and Fred are both going to appear on Discovery Channel's new Moonshiners spinoff series called Moonshiners Whiskey Business, premiering on March 13th. It's a four episode series following the moonshine legend Tim Smith, who built an illegal moonshine empire back in the uh, back in Virginia and gave up his ways to bring his family recipes out of the mountains and into America's liquor stores. Now he's using a lifetime of liquor marketing or liquor making expertise and a team of whiskey experts, including Jones and Devin Mills and Fred Minnick with their own homegrown know how to pull these struggling distillers back from the brink and preserve the American tradition of handmade liquor. So I guess, Tim, uh, first, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, awesome. Uh, are we talking about whiskey or moonshine here? What, what are we talking about? <laughs> we can talk about whatever you want, man. Um, you know, talk about your hair. I love it. Yeah, I, love it. <laughs> I, like, I like Jackie's hair, man. Thank you. You know, all this kind of started with the Moonshine series. Uh, so, Moonshiner's big show, um, and it's it's been it's been doing good. It's actually in, in one of its best seasons. Um, but they gave me a call and said we're going to go around and help legal. Uh, distilleries, uh, help some of these small distilleries out. Do you want to join the show? And I said, let's do it. I'll jump on there and do it. So uh, it's mostly, it's not a lot of moonshine. Uh, we talk about it, obviously, with Tim Smith on there. A lot of these guys do bottle a, you know, unaged spirit, um, like a moonshine. Uh, but a lot of them are wanting to get into more stuff, rums and bourbons and, and different whiskeys and and that's what we're there. You know, we're helping them expand, uh, helping them with um, any kind of distilling issues, help tell their story. That's where I come in. That's where Fred comes in as well. Um, and so, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Is it like analogous to uh, – so when I think about something like this, I think of like bar rescue yeah. where they, they have somebody that like they just can't – they're struggling. They can't yeah. get it going. Like is it is it sort of sort of like that? Like they bring somebody in like you or Fred to really help them and, and, and get them back on their feet? It is. It is. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a really good um, – you know, if people aren't familiar with the new show, Whiskey Business, it is like a bar rescue but for distilleries. 
So well, bar, bar rescue. That guy goes in there and he starts throwing things and yelling at people. <laughs> yeah, that's true. How much did y'all yell? Tim well, you doesn't do that. No, there's none of that going on. I'm pretty calm. <laughs> you know, I, I like I like good whiskey and good company. So I go in and just uh, listen. I listen a lot. You know, and just help them tell their story through tasting room experience or packaging or you know just any any kind of marketing um, and try to keep it as authentic as we can and 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 bring in. Bring in new customers and make new fans of their of their brand. So, I mean, when you did this, is it is it like a pretty clean cut formula? Like you know, like okay, we've got we got to check boxes A, B, C, and D. You're really struggling on C. This is where we're going to focus at, and maybe that's packaging, or maybe that's something else. Like yeah. where where did you see a lot of like the inconsistencies or the problems when you're going to distilleries like this? You know, really, when you walk in, you're kind of walking in blind. I mean, you don't really know. You have to spend some time there, and uh, it's it's legit. I mean, we're spending time with them, listening to them, interviewing them, walking through their process, looking at their stills and their and their you know their entire facility, and just uh, tasting the liquor, making sure it's you know tastes decent. And if it, there's some distilling issues there, uh, usually Tim Smith and Devin will will address those. Um, but it's it really is just, you know, you walk in, you learn and you try to help where you can in a short amount of time. And, uh, with a team of three of us, uh, we're all experts in different areas. I think it's a pretty solid team. Um, that's what I like most about it. Uh, everybody really knows what they're doing and they, we're all staying in our lane and we're trying to help them. So I guess another question to kind of tail off on that is, um, if if it is, I mean, were were you like the the packaging and marketing expert when it came into these conversations, or were you also helping them try to figure out if it's coming off the still incorrectly? Like, what do you need to change, so on and so forth? What was your what was your primary role in that? So my lane is really telling the story. You know, if it's packaging or marketing or tasting room expansions, redoing that. Um, that's the lane I'm in in that uh, on camera. But as a team member, I mean, I am tasting the liquor, giving my opinions. Uh, we're talking through it all as a team. And I mean, even Devin or, or Tim, they're, they're both talking about packaging and talking about the story and, and tasting room. And um, so we're all three sort of working as a team. Uh, everybody has experience across the board. Um, but as far as like what I do, I stay in the lane and... Um, I help with the marketing side on camera. Give us an idea of like, what does that, that marketing side look like? I mean, is it, is it the packaging? Is it like, what, what, give us an example of like what we're going to experience when somebody starts watching this for the first time. Sure. Um, it goes, you know, across the board from again, like the tasting room, uh, we've expanded tasting rooms. We've, we've knocked down walls, uh, made them larger, changed the lighting and the, and the bar shape and the, the size of the bar uh, merchandise, uh, the flow of it, uh, work with people on tours, you know, what's the, how to give uh, a customer the best experience when they walk in the place, um, all the way down to packaging and, and branding and, and things like that. So it's really about the experience from the bottle to when you walk in the place, how they should conduct a tour. Um, but again, yeah, it's, it's kind of a team effort. Everybody chips in. Um, what I always tell them is, you know, I'll help you sell that first bottle, you know, and it's, it's gotta be good to sell the second one. So, um, you know, I'll do my best to, to make sure somebody picks it off the shelf for the first time, but it better be good when they open it or, uh, you know, they're not going to buy another one. So what is, what do you, what is important to you or 
helps you convey a message to an audience to, I guess, to pick up that first bottle and purchase it. What do you think's the most important aspect of that? Is it packaging or is it story? What, where, where do you think that is? You know, it's, it's kind of everything and it depends. It depends for me. It depends, you know, from distillery to distillery, product to product. Um, there's, there's been a few that it was, it was more about just really, they had really good juice it was just making sure that somebody understood what the hell they were trying to do on the packaging. You know, uh, it is, we all know you're going to, you're going to stop on a bottle on the shelf if it's something you haven't seen before um, all the way to, you know, just making sure we're not bullshitting and we're just being authentic and, and trying to tell a story that they already have and find an angle that makes sense to them and help them make it easy on them to tell the story when they're out there doing tastings and stuff like that. Um, so we're not trying to make up a bunch of things. We want it to be as natural as possible, uh, when somebody's out there pitching their idea and their, and their brand. So it's a little bit of everything. I mean, there's not one thing that drives sales. I mean, what drives sales really is to make sure it tastes good. So I kind of want to also kind of, kind of tail onto what, what Ryan was saying there. What, give us some examples or, uh, even today, like you're, you're walking through the liquor store aisle. What are the, some of the biggest problems that you see in the market today uh, where brands just aren't standing out on the shelves? Like how can they fix that God, besides hiring you? Cause that's the easy question. I, guess. <laughs> I don't know, Kenny, that's a big question. Um, Thousand dollars know. an hour. It'll be <laughs> <out>. <laughs> God, yeah. he's, he's worse than a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there's just really no magic formula. I mean, you know, a lot of it's word of mouth. I mean, if you have really good juice, you're going to, you're going to sell it. Uh, as you guys know, I mean, it really does come down to all of us and you guys making sure that you love it and people will seek it out. But walking through the liquor store, it's a lot of competition. I mean, it's, it's really, really hard to stand out these days. And, um, you know, there's a few tricks up our sleeves, but, uh, it's, it's really about trying to be authentic, selling good juice and, um, you know, at the end of the day, we can't avoid, you know, social media and, 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 and people like you guys and, and things like that to get the word out. So hold you know, on now. A, you said you can't avoid social media. Like it's a, it's a bad thing. Like it's a bad thing. No, you know? no, it's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing, but we, we know it's so important to let people know before they get into that liquor store. Do you ever get in there and watch the trolls kind of go off a little bit on some of the brands you work on? Uh, you know, I've, I've been an observer a few times, you know, uh, I've, I've had the luxury of being behind the scenes all these years. And now with my face planted on your uh, podcast here, I might not be able to get away with it as much, but uh, I might have to put my hair up in a ponytail and put a hat That's on. That's why you're blacking it out at first. You know what? Yeah, exactly. Man bun it, man bun it, Tim. And yeah, I might. That's all you got to do. I might. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of competition out there, man, as you guys know, uh, but making good juice and um, you know, hopefully you got a good partner when it comes to helping tell your message and tell it the right way. So, so let's go to the, let's go back to the show. Of course sure. I was on, I was on an episode mm -hmm. and you know, that was a, a lot of fun, but I want people to realize like how important and, and somewhat historic this, the series is because, mm -hmm. um, it's not a topical marketing centric story. Mm -hmm. I mean, wow. they're actually going inside distilleries talking to distillers who are hurting absolutely, and trying to help them. Absolutely. You know? mm. So 
Um, take us through the process of what you all did to select the distillers in which you are featuring. You know, um, these first four episodes um, were selected before I got on board. Um, the last one, which is Bondurant Brothers, uh, has an amazing story, amazing history. Um, that was one that they, they sort of secured after I was on board, and I was really excited to meet those guys. Uh, so I can't, I can't really speak. I, I know there's a lot of distilleries out there that need some help. Uh, whether they know it or not, and um, there's plenty of them. There's plenty of them, so I'm sure we'll uh, we'll continue it. But it's it's exciting, you know, to meet these guys and and ladies and and walk in and and really get to meet them, spend time with them, and that's what we do. We go in and meet them, spend time with them, and help however we can. And again, we get to make sure, you know, hopefully we improve a liquor, you know, a spirit, a bourbon, or gin if it needs it, uh, and then we put it in a nicer package. Uh, just to make sure it does it justice. I mean, there's some really good stuff out there that um, people just aren't telling the story the right way to let, you know, get people excited. Uh, so that's what I'm hoping to do is give everybody a fair shot at this, you know? Yeah. If and you want to do an episode on me and Kenny, you know, on Pursuit Series, we'd be, you know, <laughs> yeah. happy. Like, here are these guys. Yeah, yeah. No, I'd love to help. <laughs> uh, but on a more serious note, like when you, when you, like, so there's four different distilleries you guys talk right. through. It's uh, Broad Branch Distillery, Old Nick Williams Farm, uh, Three Brothers Distillery, and as you mentioned, Bondurant Brothers. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to talk about their, their whiskey. Yeah. Is... Yeah, is it ready? Like, do you mm-hmm. think like it was ready? Like, has it been aged long enough, or is this another uh, issue that you kind of we kind of see in the craft market world, where you know we've got to put something out? Maybe it's not necessarily matured enough yet. Like, what what was your all's? Um, I guess you could say guidance that you gave them in regards to something like that. I mean, I preach it, man. I preach it like you guys do. Don't take it out of that barrel until it's ready. You know, do something else if you have to. Just make sure you put good product on the shelf. And some of these guys have really, really good bourbon or whiskey on the way. Uh, some of it's a little young yet. Um, you know, I think Broad Branch uh, has has some really interesting stuff going on. Uh, Old Nick definitely has, uh, you know, I think the future is really bright uh, for that brand. I think Fred could attest to that. He was there. Uh, you know, it's... it's uh, there's a lot of really fun stuff going on in those craft distilleries for sure. And, um, but yeah, you know, if they're, if they're putting out a gin or, a uh, you know, any kind of, you know, like a moonshine or something like that, they got to keep the lights on. So I, I understand that just, I tell them, man, don't take that whiskey out until it's ready. Don't take that bourbon out until it's ready. So you, let's be honest, cause we're, <laughs> we are, we are biased and you're Kentucky sure. boy too. I know. I know. He, do you think Virginia will ever be able to compete with Kentucky? No, I don't. Oh, there it is. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think, mm-hmm. you know, I, well, you know, that's quick. That's That was awful quick. I think there's a lot of really great stuff going on. You know, if I if I pick out individuals, um, I, I see no reason why they can't. Um, I, I really don't. I think there's, you know, there's no reason one distillery can't, but as a whole, I mean, they got a lot of, a lot of catching up to do as a whole, as a state. Mm -hmm. Let me chime in on that a little bit. You know, I mean, obviously Kentucky has the, has the talent and the resources to kind of own the day in, in, in uh, American distilling. 
But let's face it, you know, prior to Prohibition, North Carolina exactly. had a lot of distilleries. Uh, Virginia in the 1700s and 1800s Absolutely. was uh, making whiskey that, uh, you know, rivaled bourbon. And in fact, uh, Virginia actually owned Kentucky prior to 1792. So, um, you know, I think it, what Kentucky has is a, is a plethora of talent. And uh, once uh, these states that haven't been distilling since Prohibition get back online and get a little bit more talent there, you know, I think we'll see some qual- really quality stuff in our lifetime. I, you know, and I definitely agree. That's why I backed up a bit. You know, as a whole, they got a long way to go as far as quality and quantity. I mean, um, but as far as uh, some of the whiskey coming out of there, there's no doubt that uh, there'll be some really good things coming out of those states. Well, good. So I got one last question. This sure. comes from Josh uh, in the chat here. And he says, when you were going to the show, did you have any input on pricing of the liquor, whether it's through retailer or through anything like that? Uh, you know, we, we talked about pricing a lot and uh, positioning, you know, more so than just focusing on pricing. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, they know they know their details and they know their business uh, more than I did or do in the short amount of time I spent with them. So a lot of that pricing um, is up to them and where they think it's uh, it makes sense for them. But, uh, you know, we, we, we talked about positioning and things like that. Um, but I would say I probably didn't sway a price that heavy uh, in, in the short amount of time I was with them. You know, the funny thing is, is that probably more than anything is the most important thing to consumers out there is how much does it cost? Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, as you guys know, some of these craft distilleries, uh, their prices are, are, are pretty high. You know, it's should they be, um, you know, as far as a business goes, sometimes they have to be, you know, that sometimes they have to be when it, when we compare bottle to bottle, um, when we're as drinkers, it's, it's really tough to, uh, justify sometimes when you can get, you know, some of these bottles, you know, Buffalo trace for 25 bucks. It's hard to uh, justify something that's, you know, maybe less quality for double. Half um, the age, double the price, sort of something. Exactly. Like yeah. You know, we all know that how, what's going on. But uh, I wish they could keep their prices down. But you know, end, end of the day, we know it's going to be tough for them. Yeah. So Tim, I want to say thank you so much for uh, joining Absolutely. in this sort of segment. So uh, feel free to hang around, answer some of the questions, chime in whenever you want. If not, go ahead. And sure. again, thank you so much for uh, for joining yeah. us tonight. Yeah, no, thanks, guys. Uh, uh, it's a lot of fun, and thank you guys for doing what you do. I mean, let's keep American whiskey, you know, going up, and especially bourbon. So keep doing. And what tune you're doing. into Whiskey Business. What's the episode title? It's whiskey. So business. it's uh, it's a spinoff of Moonshiners. So it's. Well, I know, but what's the title of the the first episode? Is it just pilot? No, there was a pilot earlier. I guess it's <laughs> season one, episode one. Yeah, yeah I guess. Brilliant, <laughs> Moonshiners. Uh, whiskey business old nick williams i think old nick williams will be the first one this wednesday 10 o'clock uh yeah. eastern time i'll send my dvr i go to bed at like nine yeah no it's 9:43. remind people what channel it's on again at uh, 10 o'clock eastern time discovery channel march 13th yeah this wednesday so. and then we'll do them every wednesday night after that for four you know three more weeks after this wednesday so, yeah and i'm gonna hang around for a bit if you cool. don't mind awesome. to you guys absolutely so as we talk about brands and brand extensions and things that are coming up, one of the things that sort of hit news this week that I first got wind of from a 
an old person or not old person. Somebody who's been on the podcast before. Um, she's definitely not old. Uh, Beth Burroughs, who works for Jim Bean, uh, she had put this link and said, finally, we can reveal what's been happening inside of Jim Bean. So they are now releasing what is called Legend. Uh, I'd, I'd like to say like Legend, wait for it. But it's just like a T at the end, so it doesn't really work out very well. Yeah, I thought you misspelled it when you put in the email. Like, <laughs> no, it is, it is legend, yeah. I guess, with a with a hard T there. But it is not what many would think is going to be a straight bourbon. Uh, it is actually not classified as that coming from the TTB. It's actually classified as a specialty. However, this is sort of the story behind it. It's a collaboration between Fred No and Suntory's Master Blender and. This is gonna be really bad because I'm a white guy that's in the middle of Kentucky, and I'm real. I'm gonna butcher this name, but his name is Shinji Fukuyu. Okay, so you know what would have been better is hear Fred No say it. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Actually, I met with the conversation between. I the met two. with Shinji and uh, and Fred, and uh, they were actually quite good friends. Good. Well. Yeah. Hopefully he didn't butcher his name bad as I did. So I'm going to probably say it here again. But so the whiskey is described in Esquire magazine, who actually were the ones who broke the story, is that legend begins with a straight bourbon distilled at beam and aged for at least four years before being finished in a variety of wine and sherry casks. That's when Fukuyu steps in to blend the liquid of other beam bourbon at the beam distillery, creating the final product. So... I kind of want to like pose it to you all first. Is this exciting? Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point of sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in-line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. Transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system or use Shopify's point-of-sale Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com bourbon. If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon. The farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S dot com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. I kind of want to like pose it to you all first. Is this exciting? Oh, I I actually uh, I had a tasting of this um, very early this year, and this is where like the things that I've added to my plate. Like I had the exclusive one, but I just couldn't 
couldn't carve out the time and there were so many contingencies on the timeline of, of breaking it that I couldn't, I couldn't make it work with my schedule, but I met with Fred and, um, and, uh, Shinji, the, you know, the master blender for, uh, Yamazaki. And I, I got to taste all their iterations in terms of like what they were, were doing. And I thought it was interesting. I think this is where uh, whiskey is going in you know, more of these kind of collaborations. You see it with uh, uh, the craft distillers blending their stuff in with MGP ingredients. You're seeing it. Uh, you're seeing some Irish whiskeys being blended with American whiskeys. You're seeing rums being blended with uh, rye and bourbon. So as we kind of get into this world of like trying to be innovative without just adding, adding flavoring, um, you know, this is where it's going. So, is it is it good or not? Well, I think at the end of the day, you know, people will will taste it and find out. But um, there's been a many many busts in the uh, American whiskey space, and this feels a little bit like it could be on that you know axis, uh, hmm. just because it's um, it seems like it's trying a little too hard at times, but. The whiskey's not bad, but when I tasted the various iterations, there was uh, I, I liked one a lot better than this one. Jordan, you've been pretty quiet. I kind of want to get your your take on this. Yeah, no, I'm excited for this one. I um, I mean, so I think you know I can speak for Nick and Eric too of Breaking Bourbon. I think we're really always excited by just innovative products, right? Whether they succeed or they're a bust, like Fred just mentioned, I still think we like trying new things, right? And that. I think that always goes with anything, but especially in, in bourbon and American whiskey, there's so many just great, outstanding, tried and true brands. Every now and then a new one will pop up too that's just, you know, very traditional bourbon or very traditional whiskey. But it's not too often you get to try something really experimental and something different, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's going to be interesting to try. I think it's going to be more interesting to see how it's, how the Jim Beam fan base is receptive to this. And that's not saying one one thing or another on the Jim Beam fan base, right? But I know when the Beam Suntory deal went through, there was a lot of a lot of angst amongst the the tried and true Beam fans, right? They weren't a huge fan of this, um, and it'll be interesting to see how that first collaborative product is also really just just accepted or not accepted in the marketplace, right? Um, I think dollars will talk on that one just as much as taste will talk to some. So super super excited to see where it's going to go. Um, whether whether it continues on or not, just cool to see some collaboration taking place. There you go. So Fred's Fred's holding up something to the camera, <laughs> hanging in the microphone that 100 percent of our audio listeners are never going to see. But <laughs> legend. <laughs> so Jackie, I kind of want to get your your take on it as well because this is something you know, as, as coming it from a, your particular angle, you might not have the the history or knowledge that we might have. So if you see something like right. this, what, what are your immediate reactions? So the way that I'm getting to know whiskeys and bourbon, I really feel like they're people and different personalities and different cultures. And I love what um, Jordan just said about the idea of trying new things. And one thing I learned in class when I was just out there was uh, with Irish whiskey, they told us a story about this group that were trying to age their whiskey in chestnut barrels to get a different flavor. And I love the story because he said, you know, how did it taste? And he said like absolute shit, but it was great that these guys were empowered to put their whiskey in chestnut barrels and just try. Right. And I think our culture in general is so scared of failure. I love to see people trying new things and 
I mean, to me, it does boil down to taste. I haven't tasted it personally, and my palate is so amateur or new. I just, I mean, I don't know how to pick things out yet. I just know if I like it or I don't. But I love the premise of it. However, I'm curious, like, Jim Beam seems to be a company that jumps out to me that has a lot of variations, like their apple, their honey, maybe some flavors that I don't know if they're meant to appeal to women or just kind of offering various um, options besides just straight bourbon whiskey. So I'm wondering if it will be received the same way being a collaboration with a Japanese whiskey or um, if people think it's too much. It's just like it could it, it kind of flirts with a line to me on possibly a marketing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but no. again, I know oh, we're going to get, get into the marketing <laughs> in a second. I, I, we'll get to that next. Yeah, so there's it, your amateur perspective from a girl who knows nothing. <laughs> I, th- I think that's a, a, a good point. And one, one of the things that uh, um, th- this style of whiskey does is it doesn't necessarily sit on a shelf. And, and like liquor stores are all about putting things in boxes. So I think, you, you know, there this... This particular release, um, unless it wows a lot of people, I think it's going to struggle to stand on the shelf. But it's a beautiful bottle. The taste is good for $35. You know, it's just – it's a different style. And and so that was sort of my my next point. And, Ryan, I'll kind of like lead this one off with you is that it's a $35 price point, which when you look at new entrants into the market – you rarely see something like that. So kind of talk about that angle. Yeah, I've spent $35 on a lot worse things. So uh, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll probably be trying it. When I first pulled it up, I was kind of excited because I've had had some Japanese whiskeys and they were excellent. And I thought this was going to be a blend of them too. And then kind of read more and I was like, Sherry finish. I mean, gosh, again, who, I mean, I mean, I thought this was played out, but they keep going. But uh I, I love the packaging. I, I think the packaging is a home run for me. Like they're finally understanding branding and like who the new whiskey consumer is. I think it appeals to younger kind of modern drinker and uh, instead of kind of like old men, like very masculine. So I, I love the packaging for me, but um, the I'll try it. 35 bucks. I mean, I'm not that excited. That's a blended four year with some sherry cask, but uh, I'll try it at least. But is that the I was hoping target? that they would. I was going to say, Jackie was making some I mean, not to get too off topic, but is it the target to go away from white men experienced bourbon drinkers? Or is this this supposed to be something like new age that appeals to people like me? Or is this supposed to be something that appeals to bourbon drinkers? I think it's for new age people. I think because when you sherry finish stuff, you're going to have a sweeter, easier, more uh, approachable profile than just like your standard Uh bourbon. And I think the packaging... Greens. The Oloroso casts are very are not are not sweet. They're drier, like nuttier. So it depends on what kind of sherry cast you use. But well, yeah, this is in terms of like the market that they're they're going after. Like, you know, I remember I remember a um, a director of marketing tell me that anytime with whiskey, you try to dictate who your market will be, but with a bottle or something, you will fail. Uh, and that was when they were targeting women uh, with flavored with flavored products, and they mm-hmm. would find out that the women wanted bookers more than they wanted, uh, you know, cinnamon apple teeny <laughs> flavored crap. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, the nice news is that thirty five bucks, and the way I always think about these type of bottles, right? It's one of those ones where you can buy a bottle, you can bring it to a party, be like, hey, let's try something new together, and if it if it's great, 
you go get another one. If it sucks, y'all make fun of it together, right? But it's, it's 35 bucks. Yeah, and I missed my last point. Uh, when I was scrolling through the website, it's not a good sign when on their like four points, it was like our bourbon, our story, and then cocktails. And they had like 10 <laughs> cocktails already made up for it. And I'm like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, how to mix it, how to mix it. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, I'll, I'll give, I'll speak my piece a little bit on this. Um, you know, when you, when you, when you think of just the, the finishing aspect, it's not new, it's not unique. People have been doing it forever. Um, and, and to come out and say like, Oh, we're doing something amazing. It's so, it's so brand new. It's a huge line extension. It's like, everybody else has been doing this. Like you all are just late to the game. And so it's, it's not like, in my opinion, I think they made a, a big stink about eh, whatever it's, it's, I haven't tasted it myself. I'll figure it out, but I'm still not sold on it being like, Oh, this is going to be crazy. This is going to be awesome because yeah, it's like, it's every other sherry cast wine finished thing, whatever. Like it's, we've all had, it, and I don't know if that's going to appeal to our particular audience because it's, it's not our particular audience aren't hardcore, like angels envy drinkers either. Right. Like that's, that's not our particular audience. So we've got to figure out like, what that looks like now the other the other point about this and i'm glad tim is still here because there is still a little bit of marketing play going on uh when you look at what it's actually being marketed as versus what the ttb regulation is because the ttb regulation is asking is actually a whiskey specialty it's not a bourbon whiskey and that's because it's finished in all these x barrels however you look at the esquire article you look at every other article and it seems to always say bourbon, bourbon, mm-hmm. bourbon, bourbon, bourbon. Um, and the title from Esquire was Jim Beam is launching a bourbon unlike any other before. However, it's technically not like it's not a, a bourbon. It's not a straight <laughs> bourbon whiskey. So, I mean, yeah. Tim, coming from a marketing background like this, like, do you look at it as like, oh, it's an opportunity uh, versus like, let's we'll kind of just make some gray lines here. Well, I mean, you know, the biggest thing I'm thinking of is we're talking about it. You know, we're talking about it. People are talking about it. Um, but it, it is an interesting story with them. Um, you know, with the Japanese background and, and the Centauri side and, and everything. So, you know, Japanese whiskeys is a, is a growing category. Uh, I'm sure we all enjoy a few of those brands. And um, so it is an interesting read, you know, uh, especially like an Esquire. There's a reason it goes mainstream first, you know trying to get it out there across the board uh, with some, you know, trying to introduce people to something new. Uh, maybe not the hardcore bourbon guys like all of us, but uh, I say bourbon guys. Sorry, Jackie. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say the hardcore or the, <laughs> the hardcore or bourbon drinkers. No, I, you don't have to worry about that with me. I get um, it. Yeah. I'm just, I'm grateful to be here. Uh, no, no, it's, it's not that. But, it's just, I, I, you know, um, so, I mean, it's a story. It's, it's something that, you know, if we're talking about Jim Beam, that's, that's a bonus for them. And uh, we'll pick up new drinkers and to try stuff. I mean. It, I tell you what, someone in the chat group, uh, Dilly Esk, or Dilly underscore Esk, said uh, this is Dilly, about that's, bringing that's, Japanese that's lovers. short for Florida. Dilly Esquire, <laughs> by the way. Dilly Esquire, sure. <laughs> they, they, um, they made a good point. Which was yeah, yeah, that was a good point. the 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 point they made is is that it's about bringing Japanese whiskey lovers to bourbon, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. All five of them. 
Yeah. And that's, my, as we know, that's a good thing. That's a good yeah, thing. No, the Japanese, Japanese whiskey is phenomenal. I mean, that, that, you know, I, I would, I would drink that every day if I could buy it every day. It's incredible uh, at their, at the right age. And I think there's something to that. Um, but at, at the, at the end of the day, I think everybody here will know a little thing about keywords. And uh, when you see the use of uh, bourbon being repeated, you know, in these stories, you know, bourbon's a hot keyword, you know, so we can't, can't really. Like I have to tell you to, um, you know, I live here in LA, but there, we have whiskey bars here in LA too. And I actually kind of got into, um, an interesting conversation with somebody who works at a bourbon bar, but was convinced that, um, if a bourbon was finished in a, you know, a sherry cask barrel or something else, and it was still a bourbon. And I was trying to explain what I had learned in class recently without being super annoying that, you know, here's the actual legal definition of bourbon. And it was just like, girl, you don't know what you're talking about. And unfortunately he's in a position where he trains a lot of other people. And this is an actual specific whiskey bar, not just a restaurant. And it made me realize, I think a lot of it is lack of education, of knowing, um, I, I, this weekend, I've gotten so many messages from girls that have told me they went out with their husbands. They wanted to order a bourbon for the first time at a restaurant. They asked the server for recommendations or ideas. And the server looked at them like they were on crack and just, then they felt insecure to ask. And they said, just get me a vodka soda. And it just broke my heart. Cause I'm like, this is why I need to be working with you guys to do what we're doing here and helping, new people feel more comfortable going to a restaurant and ordering a bourbon or a whiskey. And if the server doesn't know how to help, then okay. Like then we'll educate you. We'll help, you know, but, um, that was very telling to me that in a very big prominent whiskey bar in LA, one of the head people didn't realize that and was not open to the feedback of that. And I love what Kenny just said about the angels envy thing. Cause that was immediately what I was thinking is, you know, I was lucky enough to try the, the sherry cast finish, but then also the rye. And to me, the rye is much sweeter, but maybe that's not traditional or, you know, I, I've now feel like I've tried a number of different whiskeys in a sherry cask finish and they don't all taste the same to me. They're, it's not like I can say, this is what I like, or this is what I don't like across the board everyone has been different with a different personality. Are they promoting how long they're, they're aging that in, in the cask and how long they're finishing it? Does that have anything to do with that it? Angel's Envy? Or? No, uh, the new Legion. Is it something astronomical or is it a month? Is it, is that? That's some, not a question for me. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that anywhere. I don't think they're disclosing. I've got it in my notes somewhere, but. But first off, uh-huh. we we got to give Jackie a little praise because she's already gotten her first like snob star yeah. on her on her jacket right there, yeah. right? She's, <laughs> she's going into the restaurants, telling them what they're you doing wrong. Stuff. They yeah, man. Right. No, these it's, are stories that other women are telling me. I haven't even done it. Like, look at the bar behind me. I don't have to go to a restaurant. <laughs> I'm good at my house. But I'm saying I'm getting messages from women that are going out with their husbands being all, you know, gutsy enough to order a bourbon and asking for a little help. And so one thing they've asked me for help is literally sending them names of what they should order. And I don't think that's the right way to go about it. You know, I think it's more about each individual and what they want, but, um, yeah, I appreciate the snob star, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Fred's Fred's got a whole like you couldn't even fit like a like a graduation gown with how many snob stars he's got on it. Yeah, he's got a vest with like you know 
like with all the buttons on it, you know. <laughs> Brad's probably one of the only people that I would say if you put a blindfold on him and had him try a bunch of different whiskeys, he would actually know the difference. Whereas I meet a lot of people that are just um, very passionate about one certain brand or another. And I guarantee if they had a blindfold on and tasted it, they would never even know the difference between another brand. Absolutely. And so we uh, we got a late arrival to the game over here. He couldn't He couldn't go one episode of the Community Roundtable <laughs> with Missing It. So, Blake, welcome. This is Cal Ripken walking out in the 10th inning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like a wedding. Just, uh, I need to talk for like 30 seconds straight so I can uh, act like I was on the podcast and then I'm right back to Disney. So <laughs> thanks for having me, everyone. <laughs> Welcome. Do you have any closing thoughts on uh, Jim Beam's Legion before we go to the next one? Yeah, I tried it. Um, it uh, Not my favorite. It, um, to me, was very reminiscent. Uh, I, so I tried it next to Repeal Batch, and I thought the Repeal Batch was – just as good, if not a little bit better, but I didn't know the price tag on it when I first tried it. And so, um, I, I thought it was okay. Whenever I heard it, it was 35 bucks. I mean, the bottles looks incredibly cool. Um, the product is good. It's just a lot of that. To me, it was a lot of that beam heavy funk. I mean, I think you, you try it in a blind tasting and everyone's going to automatically, automatically be like, Oh yeah, that's beam. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, all, all in all, I thought it was a cool thing. I think they should be doing more of that with under the Centauri brand. Um, I think that just makes a lot of sense. So, um, you know, I think it's a cool release, cool bottle. But as far as, like, a taste-wise, you're not going to, like, be so upset with yourself at 35 bucks. But I'm not going to stock up on a six-pack or anything either. So Okay. Well, see you later. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I missed a lot of great topics. Everyone's like, really? Uh, I was getting texts walking through Disney World about like Brett Favre doesn't give up, and you know, looks like he's sprinting over there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Blake. They put, they brought me in as a replacement. Man. Hey, oh, hey, I like it. I mean, yeah. it's it's like. The the roundtable just got a whole cool lot cooler looking between. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's good. Uh, so, um, all right. Well, I'm gonna be in trouble if I don't like go help put the twins down. So, thanks for having me on, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the rest of this. Nice to meet you. See you. See you. <laughs> nice meeting you as well. See ya. Cheers, bro. I feel I feel like it's like we're on a radio show sometimes, and it's, uh, it's like we just get these calling or like somebody's just just calling in on it, but. That's always fun. All right, so we're gonna pivot and do our our last topic for tonight. Unless anybody else any, anything else to add on the uh, the Jim Beam sort of portion, everybody's happy. I guess there's one question that I want to ask, uh, and this I'm gonna put this one to you, Fred, because this is I, I just thought about this is that you know everybody puts a very heavy emphasis on master distillers with inside of American whiskey. However, on the Japanese side, it's very very heavy into blending, like. Who cares who distilled it? It's it's about how it blends and how it tastes at the end of the day. So what what's your kind of uh, stance on something like that? Well, yeah, uh, blenders uh, definitely have uh, more of a cachet in in uh, some parts of the world. Um, you know, they have an emphasis on uh, distillers in Japan, but the master blenders are more like gods. You know, like uh, the and the guy who worked with uh, Fred on this is you know, kind of a, a bit of a mastermind with that. It's, you got an incredible palate and the Japanese are, you know, they are relentless with detail. So, you know, the, the, this guy knows, uh, 
every single thing down to the ounce. Um, and it was fun talking with them. You know, his English was, was pretty good. Uh, it was for me when I sat down and interviewed him, it was kind of a walk awkward moment because I, we had just had our kid and uh, Fred's son, Freddie just had their kid and they were, our kids were born on the same day. And I, all I wanted to do is talk about our kids. And so I wasn't really in a, in a whiskey mood uh, at that time, but uh, he, uh, uh, I still feel like, you know, there is a very strong rapport. If if we can take away from anything from Legion, it's that there's a really strong rapport between uh, the Suntory Japanese side and uh, the whiskey makers in Kentucky. And I do think that can be very good for all of whiskey to see what they uh, do next, because this is, this is their first trial. And so, you know, there's going to be more coming out after this. Absolutely. All right. So let's move on to probably the, 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 I would say the biggest news, at least in the underground world, uh, it's sort of kind of come up because it seems like a lot of people give a shit about Weller nowadays. And so the blue label Weller foolproof made its debut on the TTB. However, there's only been uh, a few places where it's just been rumors, hearsay. What does this mean? Is it a limited release? Is it available for barrel picks? Is it this and that? Um, but it has sort of shaken the uh, the underground bourbon world. So before we kind of get too much into it, uh, Jordan, I'll kind of look at you. Yeah. Do you do you see this line extension as a good thing? Is it Buffalo Trace also hitting that 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 marketing train a little bit more as well because they uh, you know. The Weller, the Weller line is always allocated as it is. And now yeah. a lot of people will say, like, great, another bottle I can't get my hands on if that's what it comes so down I to. I think it's, it's going to be really – we've talked – like me and Nick and Eric talked about this a lot, right? I think it's going to be really interesting. So a few different facets, at least from our perspective. So you have, you have OWA already, right? And they're not that much off in, in proof. And um, that's going up in price to begin with, right? So where does this – where does this book full proof – and it's going to be it's going to be a little bit of the hysteria that we saw when Stag Junior came out. Remember when that came out a few years ago? Everyone wanted it. You couldn't find it on the shelves anywhere, right? And it's kind of toned down. It's still hard to find, but you can get it. But I think having that Weller name associated with it is just going to just drive pandemonium that much more, right? You can't even find like regular old Weller, which used to be my daily just drinker to having like a decanter around. I just liked a good cheap weeded bourbon, right? And now it's just even impossible to find that. So it's, um, it's going to be interesting. Everyone's going to want to try it when it comes out. I hope it's a line extension just because I'm all about more options being out there. Um, that said, you know, what does it take away from, right? I think that's everyone's question. Like if it's going to be a full-time line extension, even just a limited just run, what does it take away from, right? I don't think they had all this extra weeded bourbon just sitting, or maybe they did, but I don't think they had all this extra weeded bourbon just sitting around, right? So does that mean it goes away from some of the barrels age further for, you know, WLW, does that mean OWA gets some taken away from it? What exactly does it mean? So I don't know. We'll see. But I'm truly excited. Like, I think we're all excited. I'm sure you guys all are, too. Yeah. Let's think about this now. When when they say full, um, the it, what does the label say? It says foolproof? Foolproof. So it's kind of a play on the 1792 foolproof, yeah, yeah. whereas so, yeah. it, it is the it is the it is going to be bottled at its barrel entry proof. No, no, it won't. it'll be bottled at what it is because the proof will change. So the the barrel entry proof on Weller is 114. Yeah, so it's going to be uh, bottled. at Yeah, so you're going to be seeing you're probably going to be seeing ranges of like uh, 
probably an in-between between like maker's mark cast strength and rare breed. So between sometimes those proofs will go down, sometimes they will go up. So I'd say they're going to be between 112 and, and 116. Uh, and that's not too far off from OWA. And, uh, uh, but I've always thought every, every sip of OWA I've had, I've always like, man, I'd like it to be just a few more proof points higher. So I, I think that this, this whiskey is probably going to be really great for my palate. Like I'm going to, I think, I think I'll probably like it a lot. Uh, just because <laughs> I, I really, I like Maker's Mark cash drinks and I love, I've never done a Weller barrel pick I didn't like. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. It, it, Ryan, there's another question I, I kind of have for you uh, when we okay, start going. With- <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm just full of, full of them tonight. So I, I guess when you look down this path, um, is is um, is the 107 going to make things less available? Or sorry, is this going to make things less available? You know, we've, we've always talked a lot about do brands actually care about their consumers anymore? Um, is this is this them actually listening to fans and saying they want a higher proof version? Uh, I think it's that probably the you know the the planning of seven to ten years ago of the bourbon boom is starting to come to fruition. Is like they're finally starting to get their stocks are aging. And they're they're starting to have more supply and able to bring more products to us. Um, that's a, that's my thinking. Um, I do probably think at foolproof, there's a, you know they're going to have a. I don't I don't know what the MSRP is. It's probably going towards a, a higher retail price for us hiring consumers. So you might see like Weller Antique, the original, uh, not Weller Antique, but the the green, the green label. label. Yes, green label. Uh, maybe get hit, but I don't know. Buffalo Trace is hard to figure out, man. They like, uh, it's like, you don't know if, you know, they're like, there's a bland shores and you go on a, a tour and there's like plants cases everywhere, you know, so, <laughs> and, you're like, <laughs> and you're like, what the hell is going on here? So I don't know. They it, do it, seem it, to be bottling Blanton's every day. Yeah. It's like every time I'm on a barrel pick, it just happens to be Blanton's day, you know? And it's like, <laughs> well, but, uh, I don't know. It's hard. They're hard to figure out. I, I hope that this is, I, I'm I'm pumped about it. Like Fred said, OWA is one of my favorite everyday drinkers. Like I do wish it was a little higher proof. I still love it as it is. I just think it's it's going to be a home run. I'm just kind of probably bummed that I'm not because I'm not going to camp or follow the yeah. emails to go get some. So it's like I'm excited, but not because I'm not going to go bust down doors for it. <laughs> you know, it's that's just how it is. You know. All right, so Jackie, as as somebody that we had talked about earlier, how we weren't we we had talked earlier before we started recording, and Jackie and I are both not fans of the the Weller Green Label. Uh, it could be the proof, it could be the age, who knows? But Jackie, what do you when you see news like this? Is there something that kind of comes to your mind? Or are you kind of like, oh, cool, another color that we can buy another bottle of? So uh, it's not that I don't like Weller. I've only tried one, but it was ex- it was presented to me as the starter bourbon. It was lined up as Larceny, Weller. This is where people start when they're getting to know bourbon. And then you move your way up to the rise and the stronger bourbons, as it was explained to me. And it, w- it was actually my least favorite. Um, but I haven't tried the rest of their lineup. And 
to me, when I hear things like this, just being new and being an outsider, my concern is more on, I, I hate what I just heard that somebody who is a passionate bourbon lover may not be able to get this bottle because they don't want to wait in line or pay an enormous price or whatever scarcity factor, I guess that's being marketed in. And I get it. It's business that everybody wants what they can't have. Um, and I think that's global, whether it's whiskey or not, that it, it is, it's strong. It's a effective marketing thing. But for me coming in as an outsider to this incredibly warm, welcoming community, especially in Kentucky, I mean, in Louisville with bourbon, I, I hate the fact that I can have, um, that I'm getting things gifted that other people should probably get. And I'm kind of working on that right now on different uh, don't projects, but, but, you know, I mean, just conversations with some people that, you know, like the first, I mean, trying Pappy or something that I know is so rare and so special. Um, a lot of it seems to be random, you know, for me, when I was on a random work trip in Texas, rolled into a place to have lunch by myself and they just happened to have all the pappies out there to try. And it was so random, but you know, I don't know what gets me about what this is, is that I feel like the people that are the tried and true and have been here that are also putting, bringing me under their wing and welcoming me and allowing me to join the community should kind of be first on the list to try certain things or have access to certain things. And I don't know how that can happen while businesses can still make money. Um, but that's kind of what, what I would love to try to help find a solution for is for your everyday drinkers that just have been bourbon fans for life. Um, the meat of your core audience, you know, not neglecting those people because yes, it's great to get women involved. Yes. It's great to get different, different demographics involved that maybe didn't drink whiskey before. I mean, obviously I'm walking proof of that. I love whiskey now and I never even thought about it six months ago. Yeah. But now, now you'll be the, the one and I'll be it, like, Oh wait, I heard about this, uh, this new Weller. Yeah. Put me on the top of the list. <laughs> but the heart of it is you, you guys. You got about two yeah. years before you're just chronicled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's you're the, on the, the initial, the initial, initial high on the forehead. Yeah. So. You're on that yeah. fun side right now. You're, you're where we all were once upon a time, and we missed those days. Yeah. <laughs> now we're just a bunch of disgruntled assholes. Yeah, we got like 90 <laughs> people in the chat, and they're all like, fuck this. I'm never going to find a bottle anyway. <laughs> well, it's interesting to listen to you guys because when you were just talking about Blanton's, you know, I had heard a few, t a few times this last week of people telling me, Oh, Blanton's Blanton's like they're running out. You have to go get Blanton's. And I um, have a friend at a liquor store that I was just having a chat with. And they also told me that Blanton was, was like their number one seller. And they're like, I don't know if it's that people even like the taste or have even tried it before, but it's just the, what people out here know, right. There are certain brands that people know, um, but there's so many other bourbons out there on these shelves that I was like, so nobody's buying this or this, this or this. I mean, Blanton's great. I love Blanton's, but what I would love to help is to further the education or help people taste other kinds of bourbons too. And know that it's not just, you know, we maybe get 1% of what you guys know in Kentucky. And a lot of it is with the LA twist of, okay, you need Pappy. You know, I've met so many people that say, I only drink Pappy. <laughs> okay, good for you. <laughs> you know, that's okay. Um, but, you know, there's also, I love bottles that are $30. And, you know, when you guys are talking about all these $35, I'm kind of wondering, I think they're all marked up quite a bit out here because I, 
they're few and far between. But um, yeah, so that's my take on it is I think there needs to be a way to also still include the core community of who's created all this and has the legacy and the, the knowledge and are welcoming new people like me with open arms. I mean, there well, should be a way for you guys to, to come before me on, on that sense. Yeah. Well, pro tip, next time you come to Kentucky, bring a suitcase. <laughs> an, extra, um, an extra suitcase. I did, and so. I packed bubble wrap, by the way. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. So you're yeah, already on it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, before we kind of tail off on this topic, uh, one last comment from everybody on this because somebody said, well, while we're, while we're talking about new labels, talk about the new E.H. E. Taylor Amaranth. I don't even mm. know what the Amaranth grain is. Does anybody <laughs> so I got, I got to try this back. This is now a year and a half ago when we were doing a tasting at Buffalo Trace with uh, the Friends of the Trace program. It's a different type of grain. It's going to be really interesting, right? I wasn't my least favorite. wasn't my favorite, right? But I think it's going to be really interesting. And for those who like different grains, I think they're really going to like it. Um, for those who are more traditional bourbon drinkers, we'll see. But I, I was I was psyched to see it actually made the light of day. So I should know what Amaranth is because I have a turf management and horticulture degree. <laughs> and I had no idea. But I looked it up and I was like, oh, I kill that shit. Like, I kill it. I like, why are people putting it in whiskey? But anyways, that's what I thought of, his initial thought. <laughs> All right. That's a, that's a good way to close it up. So on the, the 30th edition of the, the Bourbon Community Roundtable, we made a landmark. Uh, Blake even made an appearance. Didn't really expect that to happen. Uh, but let's go ahead and let's let's kind of go around the table and we'll start closing this out. Uh, Tim, you stuck around, man. I appreciate I you doing that. So. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you what, tell people either he's doing market research. Yes. Yeah, that's what he's listening, doing. Listening. Uh, <laughs> but just tell people like where they can, where they can listen to the show, where they can find more about you or where they can contact you afterwards. Yeah. So easiest way to follow me is Tim Jones creative on Instagram. I post behind the scenes, uh, some releases, day job stuff, uh, a lot of bourbon things. And then our new show on discovery channel, it starts, uh, March 13th. This Wednesday, 10 o'clock Eastern, called Moonshiners Whiskey Business. Uh, also own uh, Gents Original. It's a cocktail mix and, and soda company. So gentsoriginal.com. You can find some mixers there. But uh, Tim Jones Creative on Instagram is easiest way to keep up. Awesome, Tim. And thank you again once for joining us as well. Absolutely. That was fantastic. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And we'll have the other new face go next. So, Jackie, kind of give people an idea of where people can find out more about you and they can follow you and, and your whiskey journey as well. So just at Jackie James on Instagram. Um, I'm still kind of creating and developing what I'm doing based on audience feedback and where I, as a new person, where I can add value to this community. Um, but, yeah, so that would be the easiest way. And just thank you guys for having me and teaching me. Absolutely. And Jordan. Cool. So I'm Jordan, one of three guys from the Breaking Bourbon website. You can find us at Breaking Bourbon on all the social media handles and Patreon. And uh, make sure you go to the site for our daily release calendar updates. Awesome. So Fred, Ryan, it was another good conversation tonight. We touched on 
Actually, we didn't touch on as many topics as I want to. We had I had another another topic we were going to. Yeah. But we kind of ran short on time here, but At least it wasn't politically charged tonight. You know, we'll take it. Take a deep breath. Little 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 kumbayas, and we'll be okay. Mm-hmm. We'll get through it. But uh, of course, you know, thank you for everybody that did t- did tune in. I think we had close to eighty to ninety people that were watching that means, live Jenny tonight. Thinks it's a bust. It did. I don't think it hit triple digits. So, uh, well, well, I guess we'll try again next week or uh, next time, I guess you can say. Uh, but, you know, Ryan, Fred, go ahead and kind of close this out for us. Go ahead, Fred. You got me Metallica tickets, so you go first. <laughs> it was an awesome show, by the way. Yes, thank you very much. That was amazing. You bet. Um, yeah, I just checked me out at Fred Minnick. I started a YouTube series called The Curation Desk. Go check that out. And uh, we love the videos too. Yeah, they are good. You do awesome with them. Thank you. You guys are going to be guests. Yeah, good job on those, man. Yeah, they're Thanks. awesome. All right. Well, that was good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like how you break the awkward silence. <laughs> Sorry, I'm off my game. I've been sick for the last few days, so yeah, Metallica man, <laughs> <laughs> self-induced sickness. I hear you. Now, thanks everyone for joining us, Tim and Jackie. It was a pleasure having you on uh, and getting your perspectives. Looking forward to the show, and Jackie, look forward to future conversations in this community with you, uh, Jordan. So good to see you again as well. Always a pleasure. Uh, always a pleasure. Can't wait to see you at Thunder. But sure. uh, and to all our guests in the. Ch- Pat, even though there's only 80, I love you, and I still think it's a success, and thank you for tuning in. I, we love our audience. We love doing this. This is like Kenny and I's passion thing, the Berman Community Roundtable, and all of us, I'm sure. So uh, thank you for joining in. Thanks for everyone for their time, and uh, leave us some feedback, some show suggestions, reviews, comments, all that stuff, social media. You know where we're at, so uh, we'll see you next time.